I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast, The Story Is, the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. And this episode is part of our series about, and your song is, a very personal thing, as I'm going to be talking to people about songs that have stuck with them over the years and why. And my guest today is a returning guest, Mike Logan, my father. Ah, good to be here. Good to have you here. And in the magical world of, uh, of podcasting, we're recording this on Veterans Day, so one of my favorite veterans, my dad. Well, thank you very much. And the song that, and you're partly a big inspiration for this series, because I know, you know, <laughs> I know what song you're going to have. I'm going to have you tell the, tell the audience what it is, but it's because uh, I know what it is. What are you, Karnak? Yes. You know I know. I know the song you're going to do. Unlike, because um, I've tried to ask the same question of myself and I'm working on it and I'm going to try to do one. And I've asked other people and they're going to do an episode. But most of them have been kind of reluctant at first going, oh, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. But when I asked you to do this, <laughs> I didn't, you did not have to think about it. I didn't have to think about it. Nope. So what is your song? Uh, the song that uh, that I uh, you know have and is in my mind all the time is "Are You Lonesome Tonight" by Elvis, right. as you very well know. <laughs> yes, as I know very well as uh, being someone who's uh, been around you for a significant portion of my life, um, I know of your love of Elvis and of that song, your frequent uh, singing of it. Yes, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was definitely part of my inspiration for it, and. That's part of it, and also there's part of it is the fact that this, in particular, this song is such a good song and kind of goes along with my podcast because it tells us any good song tells a story, and any good song has a sort of an emotional connection for you, one way or the other, like it gets you, yes, you know, and that song has that. So there, it also has, as you and I were talking about this previously, it has an interesting background to it as well. Like, Elvis isn't the first person to record the, uh, this song, is he? Not in a long shot. I mean, this is an old song. Um, I did a little research on it, and it was actually written by a couple of vaudeville performers in 1926. I mean, that blew me away. That is an old song. That's an old song, uh, and uh, a couple of uh, vaudeville guys. And uh, what they did, they wrote the song themselves, but, you know, in the middle of the song, there's a speaking part. And that's called the bridge, mm-hmm. whenever you have a speaking part in a, in a song. And they got the idea for the words for the speaking part from Shakespeare. It actually comes from As You Like It. Mm-hmm. All the world's the stage, and each must play his part. Yep. and it's brilliant. They put that in there, you know, and uh, it, it, it's just one of the best speaking parts in the middle of a song I've ever heard. You know, mm-hmm. it's just poetry. You know, uh, I think that Shakespeare might have made it today. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it started in 1926, and a lot of people uh, recorded it over the years. Uh, and then in, one stands out in my mind, too. I heard it on YouTube was Al Jolson. I think it was in 1949. He did uh, Are You Lonesome Tonight with the bridge, the speaking part. Wow. You know, which is really kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And it is, uh, and it, that's a, a tool of music that you don't really see that often, specifically the bridge, that talking part, that I think helps gives it, 
um, a life of its own. Like you can't sing a song just like you know any other song, just like you know Happy Birthday, and kind of go through it. It's so yeah. well written and so personal that when you sing it, I feel like you got to mean it. Yeah, and it almost has to be a love song. Yeah, you know, for it to be appropriate for you to stop singing and then talk for a little bit and then sing again. You know, I can't think of another genre that that would work other than rap music. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. But, uh, but you know, and, and the song, too, that what, what gets you, if you really, you know, if you like this song, it leaves uh, the listener uh, up for, for the listener to kind of interpret the song in his and her own way. Like, if you listen to the song, you go, well, okay, um, he, he's heartbroken. Did he break up with her? Or did she break up with him? You don't mm-hmm. know. So you could kind of interpret it, any, you know, any way you want, uh, you know. And then you kind of write the the rest of the story with this type of a song, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it leaves uh, leaves some open ends, which is kind of nice. It's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, that's the uh, that is actually what I was going to ask you. Thinking about this song was. <laughs> In your interpretation of the song, in your in the story of the song in your mind, how do you resolve it? Do you see it as a happy ending, or do you see it kind of as, you know, because the singer uh, implores his love to, you know, you know, come back to him, or then, or they can just, you know, let the curtain come down. Yeah, I think it's let the curtain come down. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, uh, she got back to him. Mm-hmm. You know, the way I. Uh, kind of uh, listen to the song because it's a heartbreaking song yeah you know and they they're not supposed to have happy endings you know this is a sad ending. some of the best yeah. some of the best songs some of the best plays you know or great tragedies like shakespeare like shakespeare i think uh, yeah they have sad endings and i think that has a sometimes a bigger impact yeah or opera pagliacci some of these other ones they're, right they're all tragedies you mm-hmm. know you know and uh it it'll tug at your heartstring more than if you have a happy ending Right, you know, because then the tension's gone. That's right. This one, the tension's still there after the right. song's over. You go, well, is she coming back? I don't know. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah, some of like the really good songs. Um, I like I mentioned that they just have good stories that connect. It's not just the songs. Yes. And yes. I think that's why, um, like a lot of good like country music lasts. Yes. Especially the older country music, is that it tells a story. Classic country music exactly tells a story. Yeah. Yeah, not the new ones. No. No, new ones have uh, totally got corrupted with uh, modern music, yeah. and it's just not, it's not country. It's essentially, in my opinion, it's pop music with a cowboy hat on it. Yeah, and they call it <laughs> contemporary country. Well, you know, it's just, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, contemporary uh, gospel music. No, that's not gospel music, and this isn't country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I think that covers the the backstory uh, for the most part, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. Well, there's an interesting um, story about the day that Elvis recorded the the song. Right. And I got this listening to George Klein. He's an old buddy of uh, Elvis's, on, and he has a radio show. And I happened to listen to the radio show, and he's talking about when Elvis recorded "Are You Lonesome Tonight." Well, it started because of his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Well, that song was his wife's favorite song. Hmm. And she kept trying to get Elvis through her husband, Tom, 
to, to record it. Hmm. Well, he sat down, I uh, said, that song's old, it's, you know, it's out of date, and she says, no, it's the best song ever, and finally she convinced Colonel Tom Parker to go to Elvis and say, hey, look, let's, let's give this a shot and, and record this song. Uh, you know, written in 1926, and, mm-hmm. you know, and Elvis said, wow, you're sure? That's, you know, the whole thing. So they, they get to the recording studio, and they're doing other songs, too. They usually do an album when they, when they go to the recording studio. Uh, but what is for this one song, uh, you know, Elvis heard it, and he thought it was a very special song. He thought, yeah, this, this is a good song. But what bothered him was the bridge, the speaking part. Yeah. They recorded it. They took one take, and Elvis said, we got to can this song. I can't do this song justice. You know, because of the speaking part. He says, I just, that's just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to nail that. And they said, oh, yes, you will. Here we, we hmm. you, you got to try it again. And so Elvis said, hey, why don't we do this? Turn out the lights. And everybody leave the studio except the critical people, the guitar player, piano player, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They ran everybody out and turned out the lights. And it was the second take. And he did it. And that was it. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. That's really yeah. neat. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you added that. Um, so that kind of covers the background of the, of the song itself. Um, now to get to your connection to the song. Um, when did you first hear it? Or at least your earliest memory of hearing Are You Lonesome Tonight? I can remember it crystal clear. Uh, I was... Uh, 12 years old, I guess I might even have been 13 because it was like the 1960 when they released it. Hmm. And uh, I was going from the 6th grade to the 7th grade. It was that, I think it was that summer or or even the spring, I think I heard it. But I had uh, become an Elvis fan right from the get-go from Ed Sullivan. And here I am, I don't know, uh, 1956? Uh, I was nine years old, and uh, immediately I, you know, become an Elvis fan. I really liked Elvis, you know, and uh, uh, we were living in Garden Grove, and I remember, the, the I think the week before it was uh, came out on the radio, I'd gone to the theater and they had an Elvis double bill. They had Loving You mm-hmm. and Jailhouse Rock. That's oh. when you went to the movies. You had two two shows, two movies. <laughs> they didn't show just one like today. Right. And so I remember it was like the week before. I had gone and, and sat through two Elvis uh, movies. And then, you know, I listened to the radio a lot. You know, Wolfman Jack and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm that old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the music at this time, in 1959, we had a lot of uh, doo-wop, which I liked, which was really good. And then you had your bubblegum stuff, like Frankie Avalon mm-hmm. and Annette Funicello and all this, you know, just phony stuff. And I, as a 12-year-old kid, I could tell, look, this has got no soul. <laughs> right. Know, the, There's nothing to it. That music is just, you know, no. But then you listen to... Uh, uh, like Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, Roy Orbison and you know the, the, this is music I knew that at an early age mm. and so uh, Elvis fan and out comes uh, Are You Lonesome Tonight and it just almost made me cry yeah. and, you know it was just that good and uh, I remember too uh, at the end of the year you know they always have uh, what was the number one record this year and uh, you know mm-hmm. number top ten and yeah. all that all that and I thought, well, surely 
Are You Lonesome Tonight is going to be number one. But no, it was uh, Frankie Avalon and Venus. <laughs> I'm not, are you, you got to be kidding me. Oh. My Venus and Blue Jeans came oh, out man. number one. And I think that year, I think Are You Lonesome Tonight, I think it came out third, uh, if oh, I yeah. remember right. I, I forget what came out number oh. two. But that came out in 1960 and went to gold right away. And back then, you had to sell a million records to be gold. Now it's only 500,000. Hmm. You know, they changed it. And then in 1962, it went to platinum, which means two million. But in 1962 also, it went gold in Europe. Wow. So it, it was a big hit for Elvis. And it became a staple on his live performances, you know, in Vegas and on tour. Are You Lonesome Tonight was one he always did So was, all his live performances. So it was, it was always on the set list. It always, was always there. He did it at the 68 special mm-hmm. because he had to. It was just too popular amongst his fans. Mm-hmm. You know, just incredible. Wow. Um, now, as far as the song itself, as we dive into that, is there a favorite specific part of the song that you really like? Well, I like the bridge. That's I what like I, yeah, which part. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we got into, that's yes. really the, the soul of the song for you, huh? That's the soul of the song. In fact, we even heard, remember, you, we heard it together on, uh, we were on YouTube and we heard Tom Jones do a tribute to Elvis and that was one of his songs. Mm-hmm. And when Tom Jones did the bridge, it was phenomenal too. Right. With his Welsh, you know, voice. Uh, accent on there. That's the bridge that just uh, yeah. gets your heart, pulls at yeah. your heartstrings. Yeah, and that's what makes the song, which is kind of um, surprising considering it's the one part of the song nobody's singing. <laughs> Yet that's the most powerful part. Yeah, it's the story. Right. It's the story, you know, and it just, it's the hook that pulls you in. Yeah. You know, and it's just a great song. Yeah, it's really. I have another little anecdote about Elvis and Are You Lonesome Tonight? Uh huh. Have you ever heard and seen the video of a live performance where he's cracking up laughing? I have heard that one, yeah. It's hard for me to watch because it's really kind of sad, but I got the backstory again listening to George Klein's radio show, and he's Elvis's best, you know, best friend, and he, did, uh, he told a story about how that happened. Uh, one of Elvis's buddies named Charlie Hodge that he, you know, he met during the Army, and he'd been with him ever since, and if you see the 68 special, Charlie Hodge is on stage with a guitar. Okay. With an acoustic, uh, you know, a guitar, uh, electric, uh, uh, you know, uh, acoustic guitar. And he, he was Elvis's kind of right-hand man on performances. Oh, yeah? He would be off to the side, and if Elvis kind of forgot a lyric, he would kind of fill him in a little bit, really, and get him going and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so he's right on stage off to the side. He wasn't back there with the big orchestra. He was kind of off to the side. Yeah. He'd be the scarf man, too. When Elvis put the scarves, oh, yeah? he'd come up and give him the scarf. Oh, he was the scarf guy. That's Charlie Hodge. Well, they're, they're doing this live performance, and I forget where it was. It might have been Seattle. And, and there was a guy in the front row who had a horrible wig on. <laughs> and it was just obvious. You look at it, and Elvis is singing, Are You Lonesome Tonight? And he looks down, and this is when he's getting ready to do the, the speaking part, and he sees this guy with a horrible wig. And that's when he says, I wonder if you're lonesome tonight, or if, you know, your hair's a fright. And then he cracks himself up. <laughs> and then Charlie Hodge says, he's laughing too, because this guy's just so, 
it's just so obvious this is a horrible wig oh. and that's what Elvis was laughing at and he couldn't stop <laughs> and that's why he kept laughing through Are You Lonesome Tonight you know, on there too is that guy in the front row he said it's it was just, just just hilarious it's just too much <laughs> yeah but uh, I don't like listening to, or seeing that one too because it's kind of sad when right. Elvis wasn't at his peak then he was kind of fat and old and right. it's on the way out yeah. literally on his way out yeah. you know, but uh, yeah it's kind of hard to watch yeah that's true and um uh, and as I I talked to you about previously, uh, if you, if anyone wants to listen to other uh, podcasts about this song, uh, Malcolm Gladwell has done a podcast about it in his show called Revisionist History, and he specifically talks about Elvis's relationship to this song, and it's really powerful and really interesting. I'm gonna have to look that. And up. yeah, it was really good, and um, and he plays all the different recordings and talks about why Elvis frequently most of the time doesn't get it right and why he doesn't get it right mm. so it's really interesting oh i'm gonna listen yeah i'm gonna listen to that um and we've come with uh, so oh yes and uh, when i wrote down this question i, I smile this is uh, another in, inspired by you when do you find yourself singing the song that you like so much <laughs> well uh always in the shower Okay. That seems to be the song that pops in my head. Okay. And it sounds really good, too, in the shower, you know? You got good the, acoustics uh, up there? Oh, the acoustics are something else. The, the bridge sounds good, too, when I do the speaking part, <laughs> which I do, as you well know. <laughs> That's you, right. You know. uh, and then throughout the day, well, occasionally, if I'm unoccupied and mm-hmm. just kind of uh, mentally bored, uh, you know, I'll hum a song and something. It'll, it'll usually that one. Okay. You know? And so uh, I think over the years, I don't know how many thousand times I've sung that song. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All the time. Right. And uh, but yeah, like you said, it was either like in the shower or like yeah. Is it kind of like uh, like a way to like kind of keep yourself busy? You think? Yeah, and you know sometimes too. Uh, I'll be honest with you. You know how your mind wanders, and your mind might start to focus on something you don't want to think about. Yeah. And this becomes a, uh, a pattern interrupter for me. Mm. I'll sing that song and it'll get whatever I'm thinking of out of my head where I can start focusing somewhere else. It's oh. a pattern interrupt that I use. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, you have thoughts of things you don't want to think about. Oh, yeah. You know, and think sad things and, mm-hmm. you know, this and you go, well, I don't want to think about it. Or somebody made you mad. Yep. Oh, let me get out of here. Let me sing uh, something here, uh, you know, oh. How about Are You Lonesome Tonight? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what that's like because actually um, I, I have had that happening a couple of times. And and the song is that helps me, it's literally titled Get Out of Your Own Way. Oh. And <laughs> it really it. helps. Yeah, it's Who by U2. It? Uh, oh, really? It's really good, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's like it uh, really, really, really makes the point pretty clear to me. Big Bono song, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's really Also, being a big Elvis fan, I think about, oh, uh, also, you know, I think about Elvis love songs. Mm-hmm. I cannot come up with what I would like as to point out as number two. What's the second best love? And there's, there yeah. is no number two. <laughs> That's... It's Are You Lonesome Tonight and everything else. Yeah, that yeah, actually one. that yeah. actually actually triggers my other uh, my other one of my other questions I was going to ask you was 
we I already know what your number one is. Um, do you know is number? Do you have like a second favorite song? And is it even close? I do have a second favorite song. Mm-hmm. I I can't say that it's close, but it's my second favorite song by far. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, of all favorite. songs, yeah. And it's uh, one night, one night with you. Oh yeah, it's raw, and it's uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it's great. Know. Yeah. Just raw, you know. Yeah, it's very it's quick. Good. It's it's quick, powerful. It's emotional. Yeah, and I just love his uh, singing of it because he's just uh, it's the old Elvis. Yeah, it's El, you know the, the the street Elvis with the collar up, right? The, attitude, the hard guy, the attitude. Yeah, and, and I love it. I just love the lack of uh, big band behind it. It's just his basic band mm-hmm. with the guitar. You know, it's just yep. cool. One night with you. That's cool. That's yeah. number two. Nice. Um. When you when you do actually listen to the song, this is, I'm just curious about listening habits because it's kind of changed over the years and it's different for different people. Mm-hmm. When you listen to it, do you look for the song or does the song find you? I'm not sure what you mean. As in, do you go like, you know what, I'm going to listen to the song. Like you put on a CD or you, you, turn, you oh. purposely go to the radio and you're, gonna, you're trying to find it. Or are you just listening to the radio and you, and you find it, it plays... Like how 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 is your listening habit when it comes to that song? Well, if I have put in an Elvis CD, I will click over, click over to get to it. Yeah, you know, and then back up and do it again. Listen to it, again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and then let it go and then play the other songs too. And if I'm on serious radio or something on on an oldie station, I am forever jumping. Fifties, mm-hmm. no, nope, I don't like that. Go sixties, no, nope, seventies, you know, uh, Elvis Channel. Poop. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's an all Elvis station. Yeah. You know, on there, and uh, so I find myself uh, jumping all over on Sirius Radio in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. Go back to that. Do this. Do this. Chat. Okay, back. Drives drives my wife crazy. <laughs> Did you stay on one station? <laughs> I'm searching. I'm searching. <laughs> If Elvis wasn't the singer of the song, do you think the song would have stuck with you as long as it has? Oh, no. Never. Because I've, I've listened uh, to other people. Uh, Engelbert Humperdinck made it. Mm-hmm. And it sounded nice. Uh, Tom Jones, uh, several other people. You can go to YouTube and just are alone tonight and listen to all of them. And some of them do a really decent job of it. and But... It doesn't have that, uh, I don't know how to put it, I guess the the, the uh, uh, Elvis soul that he puts into it. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about Elvis, when he, even the stupid songs he sings from the movies, if you mm-hmm. pay attention, he's really getting into it, giving it the best he can. Yeah. And you're going, wow, that's a lot of talent and effort for that terrible song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all his movie songs. But no, I, uh, I've i heard other people do it. It's just like, no, uh-uh, doesn't come close. Right. It's just uh, the attitude, I guess, of Elvis and mm-hmm. the passion uh, that Elvis puts in that song. They, it's, it's like he, he is living the song. Mm-hmm. When I hear other people do it, it's like they're singing the song. Right. It's like, oh, here's another song to add to the album. With Elvis, it's almost like, Hey, he is actually singing this to uh, a lady. 
Yeah. You know, and, and sending a message to him. Right. It's, you know, it's real. Like you can tell, like for you, you can tell it's personal for him. It's very personal for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, to have a record, a song that you don't get tired of mm-hmm. for 60 years, right. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty special. Yeah, it's really special because there is so much music, you and it's always being produced. There's always different top 10 charts every year, and there's always songs that, you know, that you still hear today that, you know, it's good. But in a year, I'm going to forget about that song. That's right. But there's certain songs that just stick with us for a long period of time for one reason or another. And for you... It feels like it, part of it is connected to your childhood, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But do you? I don't figure out. But a big part of it is also. Do you think the the performer itself? The performer itself. Now, uh, getting back to your 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 point, did anybody else do that song to do it justice or whatever? Right. And the answer is no. But think about this. Look at all of Elvis's songs. Mm-hmm. How many of the other recorders do? Not too many. Right. Because nobody wants to touch it, because Elvis nails it the first time. Right. That's his. When Elvis did a song, that song was his. I mean, pick, pick an Elvis song that was a big hit, and anybody else do it? No. Right. Maybe a tribute album or something. But no, they don't want to do it. Say, no, I don't, I don't want to record that. That's Elvis. And, you know, you, you can't, you're not going to do better. Yeah, no, that's true, because he's done, he's done other people's songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite frequently, um, some folks you know not so famous. Some people famous. He's taken them and covered them and and had success and with had them. And mega hits with some of the ones that other people had a moderate hit on. Right. But he, with his his uh, catalog, I can't think of anybody who did an Elvis song and made a big hit out of it. Right. You know, just, uh, you know an Elvis hit. It, it doesn't happen. And you won't see a lot of them being made. A lot of artists will know. I'm not going to do an Elvis song. That's just an impossible task, right? You know, forget it. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't think of a, you know because there's so many because the cover is a frequent move in music that people do is you know covering other people's songs. Um, but can you come up with a good version of an alternate version of Heartbreak Hotel from anybody else? Nope. Yeah. No. Uh, any just about any one of his top one hundred hits. Right. Nope. They're his. That's his. Don't mess with it. Right. <laughs> You're not going to have a hit with it. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody's going to compare it to Elvis. Right. They're going to go, yeah, that was kind of nice. But, you know, Elvis did a lot better. You know? <laughs> you know? So a lot of performers, they don't want to take that risk. Yeah. 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 Don't blame them. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's just, he's somebody that nobody really covers. Well, I think that about covers it for, the, uh, for this episode. Unless there's anything else you'd like to add. No, this has been uh, it's been uh, fun. I've enjoyed it too, and uh, till next time, that's our story, and we're sticking to it.